Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. It's Pastor Rick. I think it's just we ought to give God thanks for the team that you saw a few minutes ago that is doing an absolutely amazing job. And just for the record, the new sign is going to be Kathy's favorite project for the year. Amen. Every time she sees that old sign, it's like, oh my gosh, we're dated. So we okay. got to change it. We got to change it. Anyway, thank you, Brian. Great report. And let's give God thanks one more time for Team WCF. Really, the vision in a nutshell is we love people. That's the reason that we're here. That's what this church has been all about. That's why it got started. That's why it got founded in everything else. There's something on my heart that I want to share, and it will not take me long this morning. It's going to take me probably about 12 to 15 minutes because I'm going to try to read it from how I wrote it uh, late last night when I got in. I was at a convocation last night and uh, pastor's conference that we did all week, and so it was a lot of fun up there. But the group that I ran with, they run very late. Okay, I'm glad I didn't catch the 11.25 last night because I would have missed it. I didn't finish till 11 o'clock, amen? And then the fellowship time and everything else. We'll leave that for another time, all right? Thank God that I flew Air Canada today and we're home, all right? Anyway, I want to just share with you something that's on my heart as a spiritual father of this here house, as the pastor of this house for almost 35 years going into that this year. And my desire really this morning was the video is given to familiarize you with the ministry. Many know Pastor Rick and Kathy and a few of the other team members here, but you're not as familiar with the entire team here at uh, WCF. Without them, we could not be doing near what we're doing today. They are integral. I mean, I can start naming names. You saw them, many of them on the video today. They're all very personable people. They're very caring people. They're very committed people. And they have the heart, really, of the vision of WCF, okay? I want to just share with you for these moments on unity. 41 years ago, I'll never forget the message that I heard when I was in the States, and I heard this here message that unity is comprised of three elements. Without the three elements, I heard this 41 years ago, without them, it is impossible to have unity. How many want to know what those three elements are? I've shared with them. It's just like if you're making a cake. It's just like if Kathy's making my favorite stuffed peppers. Come on now. If she doesn't have the right sauce going in on those peppers, they ain't going to taste right. And then if they're the right peppers, come on now. The big honking red ones, those are the ones, all right? But anyway, number one element for unity to transpire in any house, in a business, in a corporation, in a family, in a home, in a marriage, there has to be, number one, the element of trust. Everybody say trust. Trust is huge to me individually as well as corporately here at WCF in the ministries that we oversee over here with JAM, many of you know about that, as well as Open Bible Faith Fellowship, uh, WLO and WLC. Those are all ministries that have all been come out of here of WCF even with their own charities. But trust is huge. I believe this strongly that I thrive personally as an individual when there's an atmosphere of trust. When there's an atmosphere of trust, there's accountability, 
There's transparency is why we bring the financial records okay to you. Our track record for 35 years, as well as the integrity, are all the enforcers to creating, I believe, an atmosphere of trust. My board, my team, and the staff know me well, and they trust me in Kathy. And I have never abused, taken advantage of this church, or used this here church for my own personal interests, but have been a sower, a grower, and a watcher of the souls of the flock for these last 35 years. I have not taken my responsibility lightly. I take it very seriously. I'm very protective and watchful of the assignment that the Lord has entrusted to me. And we are accountable, so you are aware, to the four C's, the Canadian Council of Charities and Contributions, which Brenda is our watchdog of this here house. And she does things ethically and she does things with the highest integrity, even to the case where she stresses me out at times. Amen? But I would rather have that than a sloppy organization. We also, so you are aware of this here, we are accountable uh, also to Nethercott and Associates. They come in yearly and do an audit of our books over here. We also are uh, in line with Revenue Canada. You can per personally go on to revenuecanada.org and you can type in WLC, WLO, WJAM. Uh, you can type in Windsor Christian Fellowship and everything is accountable to the standards of within inside of our nation here in Canada. Under Nello, under Brenda, under Brian, we have been squeaky clean for the, all these here years on all of our fil filings and we do things with the highest of ethics and the highest of accountabilities for you, the supporters, for you, the family here at Windsor Christian Fellowship. We also have a pastor that is over us, and his name is Dr. Larry Stocksdale from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And years back, about two years ago, there was a transition with himself and his leadership, and he had asked us not only to, I'll be there to mentor you, I'll be there to speak into you, we'll be with him in the month of June, but he also asked us to pick somebody locally with inside of your region that you can also be ministered to and be held accountable. And I have asked Pastor Mark Hazard to be my accountability partner within the community here in Windsor. I have watched him and his track record over here in the community, and there's a strong relationship of trust. We are also members of the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada in good standing with them. Uh, Bruce Clemenger is the leader of the AFC that is a network of all the evangelical churches and ministries together. We sit at the table with them representing the Open Bible Faith Fellowship. Uh, Bi-yearly, I usually go to their yearly meeting that they have and then they come to the leadership connection that we have. We've had a great relationship with them. He's not just a leader, but he's a personal friend. We are also accountable in working with a group called the Pentecostal Charismatic Churches of North America which includes Mexico, which includes the United States, and which includes Canada, all working jointly to see the move of God for the Pentecostal charismatic churches working unified to bring the gospel to the lands of the world. Amen? It is the most influential group in North America today, led by Jeff Farmer, who was the former leader of the Open Bible in the USA, 
also a dear friend, him and his incredible wife. They're two amazing leaders. We also are connected, and many are not aware, with the WPO, which is the World Pentecostal Organization. We're also leaders in the Open Bible Faith Fellowship Network of Churches, which is expanding. And this weekend, Melissa, get ready. There's many applications coming in of another whole network that wants to join the network of us with Open Bible Faith Fellowship coming on. Things are expanding and things are going incredibly. Canada, for the first time in the history of the World Pentecostal Organization, which puts us at the table with the churches in Singapore, with the churches in Malaysia, with the churches all over the entire globe of the Pentecost. We had it in Sao Paulo, Brazil this last summer, and now this year it's going to, next, excuse me, 2018, it's going to be hosted for the first time in the history in Calgary, Alberta. Dave Kellerman has been the point person to represent us here at Open Bible and WCF, and we're at the table with that, and it's just going extraordinarily well. I have, for the last 35 years, encouraged the families, the leaders, and the members of WCF that if you have concerns, that if you have questions, that if you have problems, and if you have conflicts, please come and talk to us. This is biblical but it's also huge for trust. We have met many people over these three and a half decades and have earned the respect and the trust both locally and nationally by God's grace. The challenge we face within our city today are unparalleled. They're very extremely painful personally as well as corporately as a church. They're very disheartening to say the least. But we have met but I want to just state this here aspect over there. But I believe God has remained faithful to WCF and will, listen carefully, give us simply all that we have asked for is access to get in and to get you out of the property here at WCF. To say it is anything more is a blasphemous lie against the integrity of WCF. But when they want to put a road in, that comes where the barn is in front of the women's home where all the traffic for WLO, WCF has to go there around the back of our property. That is unacceptable for me and it is unacceptable for the people that are coming from the bus over here to walk down a highway so they can get into the life center here. Say no more, Pastor Rick. Let's go. WCF is one of the most respected. It is one of the most honored and a model church within Canada today. This church, you the people, are known from coast to coast by leaders across denominational lines, and by the grace of God and the anointing on our life, we have healed the breaches among denominational leaders and network leaders who now are coming together for the first time in history at the table putting aside and working through the challenges of splits and divisions that have gone on and plagued the church world and bringing a message of reconciliation. And because this church has taken the leadership role in that, I also believe this church has been hit. Romans 12 says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is in giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. Romans 12, 7. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I don't take this here leadership role lightly. 
but I take it incredibly seriously. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will just be themselves be deceived. But you, everybody say, but you. But you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. This is Paul writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, you know that they are true, for you know that you can trust those who taught you. Again, in order to have unity, trust is a chief cornerstone in relationship building. And trust is huge to your marriage. It's huge to your life. It's huge to your business. And it's huge to this church. And if foundation is not built on the trust, then it's inevident that mistrust will erode the very thing that we stand for today. Come on. Second ingredient to unity that is huge to me and is huge to this congregation and is huge to the entire staff and leadership team is the aspect of respect. Respect speaks of esteem to regard highly or favorable with admiration. It also speaks of a sense of worth of excellence of a person, a personal quality, or ability. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, written to you and I, the body of Christ today, just as the letter to the Rome was written to the Gentile church, the letter to Corinth was written to the Gentile church, all these letters are written to you and I, the body of Christ today. He says, encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. In the church at Thessalonica, there was a culture, listen very carefully, of encouragement. I believe that with Pastor Brian and Pastor Luke and so many others here, there has been an attitude and created an environment of encouragement and building up the body of Christ at WCF. Amen? And the scripture goes on, says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you, and they give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work, and live peaceably with each other. So to me, again, the respect, listen very carefully. I believe the track record of this here house speaks in and of itself, but it's huge for the honor and respect for the generations that are here and the generations to come to continue to cultivate that whole thing. Last night I shared to the, yesterday morning, the two-hour session that I did, I shared with the pastors on how important it is if you have a concern, how important it is if you don't like something, or how important it is the disagreements you have with husbands and wives about the church. How important it is not to speak those things to your children. Because you think they might have their iPads on. You think they might be not paying attention. But little Johnny and little Sarah listen to every little thing that's being said in there. And I says, at the end of the day, many of those children will disconnect from worshiping God in the house of God because you were the sower of discord amongst your children. Rather than biblically confronting it, you went and dealt with it your way. And now you're crying for God to bring your kids back that you are sending to the path of hell. That's pretty strong, but I had pastor after pastor come up to me and thank me for telling them the truth. Thank me, and I said, go back to your kids. 
and apologize to them for what you have shared and apologize to them for disconnecting them. I said, the respect level will go up higher. So again, the number one ingredient everybody say is trust. And number two is respect. Finally, the last one. And this brings all of us to this here level. And it's commitment. The word commitment speaks literally of an obligation, a favor, a service, a benefit for which gratitude is actually due. In 1 Chronicles 16, 15, we can see the writer says, remember his covenant forever, the commitment he made to a thousand generations. How many know God is a committed God? There's no other need to teach that. God is committed to your life, to your marriage, to your family, to the single people, to the elderly people, to the younger people. God has committed his covenant to a thousand generations. But in 2 Timothy, the writer tells us again, you therefore, my son, Paul writing to Timothy, epistles that I breathe, epistles that I eat, epistles that I drink, epistles that I sleep, on a daily basis I take the word of God in. And he says, therefore, my son, New King James, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from among many witnesses. Then he says, commit these to what? Faithful men who will be able to teach others also. In other words, listen, what we have was never meant to stay within. What we have was meant to give to others. And every one of us has something that God has entrusted to us that was never meant to be lone rangers and keep it for ourselves, but to entrust it to others. You and I, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, are stewards. The New, New Living says managers. Managers of what? The grace of God. I understand that faithfulness implies steadfast inheritance adherence to a person, to a thing, or to a cause, which one is bound by an oath of obligation. Unfaithfulness is betrayal, especially of a moral obligation, and it's a breach of trust. Last thing that I want to share is in Luke 16, if we can put it up there, and I want everybody to read this together, because all of us have a part. Amen? I want to make this statement very, very clear. The Abba is a holy offering. The Abba, listen, the future, I believe, of our church is directly determined in the Abba. Why? Because the life that we live is all in the seed. And the seed that leaves our hand will never leave our life that will continue to produce in generations to come. The young people that lives are being touched this week in a way, the young people that week after week Mike is pouring into them, Jen is pouring into them, are really the inheritance that this church has. And any member, any member that only thinks about their generation has to deal with the heart root issue of selfishness. Because it's not about my generation, it's not about the new generation, it's about a generational God and in keeping with what he says, amen? So look what it says over there in Luke chapter 16, in verse number 10, the writer says, if you are faithful, come on now, everybody say it together, if you are faithful in little things, what's going to happen? You will be faithful in large ones, but if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. This is really the premise of how this church was birthed, 
how this church started, the first message I ever shared, and the concepts and philosophy of how we're going to do business. Amen? Go right down. Keep going right down, if you will. Verse number one. And if you are untrustworthy about what? Worldly wealth, who will trust with you the true riches in heaven? Okay? This is speaking about how we are in natural things will determine what God will entrust to us spiritual things. And if you are not faithful, come on, with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? That's why we shared this message. That's why we share accountability. That's why we shared with the people what we do with the finances. When it's designated money, it goes to where we say it's going to go. And we keep our word and do the things that God has said and have built that for 35 years. Come on, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other and you will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve come on both God and money money was never meant to be served but money was meant to be a channel to flow into our hands so that our needs could be messed our blessed our lives could be blessed our families could be blessed our children could be blessed come on now we can have nice homes we can have nice cars we can have decent clothes can you say amen but never just about us so that we can be a channel to release to other people that are in need and be a blessing in the seed to those that are less fortunate. That's the whole message of prosperity. Go to one more verse, if you will. Keep going down one more. It said, the Pharisees who dearly, come on, loved their money, heard all this, and what did they do? They scoffed at him. The two responses of a religious spirit it comes always, number one, listen very carefully, with legalism, and it comes number two in the area of finances. In those two areas are the root reasons that churches divide, the churches split, and many other things happen in the church world today. But I believe of WCF that you're the most compassionate, you're the most kind, you're the most devoted, you're the most caring, you're the most committed, you're the most trustworthy, you're the most faithful, you're the most reliable, you're the most steadfast, you're the most adherent to the Word of God and applying its principles and truths to your life for the families and the generations to come that together we can see thy kingdom come, thy will be done in these last days. Let's all stand to our feet. Glory to God. Amen. I want to encourage you in just uh, five weeks away is Father's Day, which we call the Abba Offering. And we're believing this year for a million dollars that's coming in. I'm going to state it. I'm going to just tell you, if, if you knew the resistance that I've had in this area since we've been doing this here, people, uh, uh, last uh, two years ago, last year, I got letters I got told off from people. I got scoffed. I got said all kinds of things. And I read the letters. And you know what God said? He said, that's who you're not talking to. You talk to the ones of like precious faith. You talk to the ones that carry the vision of the house. You talk to them. And you watch, son, is what God told me. Kathy can tell you of what I'm going to do. And God put... Ephesians 3.20 in his word for you and I to believe that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could expect, all we can think, or all we could ask according to his power that worketh is activated in your life and in my life together. Amen? So in five weeks, we always encourage people to put your tithe. That's holy. That's sacred to God. It teaches you to fear God, to put him number one in your life. 
But then it's an offering that we serve. And listen, no gift in the sight of God is insignificant. The ones that give $100, the ones that give $500, the ones that give $1,000, the ones that give half a million dollars, whatever it might be, there's no insignificant one. And I assure you of this under my watch, the one that gives the big ones is greatly appreciated, but not more appreciated than the one that gives the small one. Because it's all of us working together because we trust, we come on now, because we trust we have honor and respect, and we're people that are committed to the bigger picture. And God says to whom much is given, come on, much is required. And it covers every area of my stewardship and your stewardship. So I want you to go today and have the best day of your life. What did I forget? Okay, thank you, Kathy. Okay, okay, everybody, hand these out, ushers, to everybody here. This is the vision card, investing in to the vision. This all speaks of the, uh, of the Abba. You take that. You take it with your wife. You take it as a single. You take it as a teen, and you pray. You get the mind of God, and you just simply ask God, what is it that we can do? Come on. What is it that we can do to see that every need in this house is not just met? You know, you know what I taught last night? I said there's a culture of honor and when that culture of honor is there, there's never lack. You show me people that are succeeding today. You show me people that are breaking out today. And I'll show you there's been a culture of honor that they have developed in their ethics, in their standards, in their marriages, in their families. And God is releasing the blessing. Can you all say amen? If you're here and you've given your life to God, hallelujah. If you've not given your life to God and you want to start a new beginning with him, God is here to meet you. And we have Eric and Diane that are here that will lead you to that relationship with Christ. If you're here today and you've never been baptized in water since you've given your life to God, it was never meant for little children and baby, or little babies in the scriptures because that didn't even come in until 400 years after the early church had started. It's a tradition of man that has made the word of God no effect. But if you're here, sir, ma'am, and you've not given your life to God or you've not been baptized in water, ask your neighbor, is he talking to you today? And if I am, sir, ma'am, come on down, even on Stewardship Sunday, and give your life to God. Come on down. You want to get baptized, sweetheart? Hey, this is my granddaughter. Come on over. Amen. I'm going to come back and watch you in a minute. Glory to God. Amen. If you need to be down there, come on down and see my granddaughter, Nadia. Amen. Amen. That surprised me. Hallelujah. Amen. But when they respond, we respond. I think she's eight years old. Can you say amen? So anyway, come on down. Have the best day of your life if you're a visitor. I know this is a little different than our normal Sunday, but I believe it's just as important as anything else we teach and share here today. Have the amazing day of your life and come back tonight at 6 for the most important meeting in the whole house. The prayer meeting. When they pray, things happen. Amen. God bless you.